Hey, everybody. Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm Brandon David. Great show today. We have Arnaud of the Blink Group, which is a vape incubator. So they are all focused on vapes, both nicotine and cannabis, and helping companies work with manufacturers in China. They have a distribution channel that they get all their products through. It's a fascinating conversation. I also ask them a lot of things about just vaping and whether it's safe and what kind of carts you should have and the future of pod technology. It's a great interview. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. So as you guys know, I'm always terrible about this, uh, but when you get a chance, hit subscribe. Do it in the Apple Podcast app, do it on SoundCloud. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube page. You can sign up for our newsletter on our website, investingincannabis.tv. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Also, another special announcement about Balanced Advisor. That's the startup advisory firm uh, that producer Eric and I have founded. We're helping a bunch of companies right now, companies that have been on the show before, companies that want to be on the show, companies that have some really interesting problems with accounting and finance and sales strategy and capital preparation. If you have a startup and you want some help, let us know. Well, Arnaud, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, with great pleasure that I'm doing this with you guys. Yeah, really excited to have the conversation. Let's start you just on an easy one. Uh, what is the Blink Group? So the Blink Group is a distribution-centric incubator for uh, cannabis consumption technologies. Um, mainly what we're uh, focusing on at the moment is vaping technologies. Uh, but we have a broader scope of intervention with uh, anything related to uh, consumption technologies. Got it. So today it's an incubator for vaporizers, though. Um, so I want to talk about the future a little bit, but let's just unpack that for a second. First, the obvious question, why do we need a dedicated incubator for only vapes? Well, most of all, uh, if you look at the sales numbers of uh, cannabis extracts versus flour, um, the balance is tipping. Uh, we have we were looking at about two years ago, about 13% of all cannabis sales were extracts. Uh, last year, we were almost at 25%. And uh, this year, we're predicting we're going to be at around 40%. Um, the, 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 the sheer increase... Uh, in in uh, in sales of cannabis extracts uh, actually is the purpose of the blink group uh, then then you have the scientific purpose uh, because right now as it stands with regards to regulation uh, there is no federal agency overseeing what we're doing in cannabis our experience with vaping for the past 10 years with traditional nicotine vaping has shown us that if we don't get our ducks in a row as an industry right from the start, we are going to get hit on. Um, and I'm talking, for instance, about the FDA deeming regulations that have banned any innovations for traditional vaping since August 8th, 2016. Mm. Um, why? Because they're asking for uh, some, uh, some really, really, really impossible things for us to do as an industry. So I want to make sure that as a cannabis industry now, 
we think about all this before everything becomes federally legal. Interesting. So you're saying so you're, all R&D has ceased on traditional vaping, nicotine vaping as mandated by the government now? Well, it hasn't ceased because uh, a lot of the vaping um, devices and innovations uh, come from China. Uh, and as we all know, China doesn't really respect any kind of uh, of, um, of of yeah. of, uh, of regulation. Um, the thing is, the, the traditional vaping industry uh, hasn't been um, the, the the regulations have not been enforced yet. So it's still a little bit the wild wild west in terms of new products coming out. So there are new products coming out, but technically, if you can't prove once these regulations will be enforced, if you're not able to prove that your product was on the market before August 8th, 2016, uh, then they can take you off the market. Got it. So huge opportunity there to get it right um, before we are totally federally legal. Um, and that's where you see your place in the world and, and why we need a dedicated incubator. Uh, very interesting. Tell me a little bit about the program. Um, you know, how are companies compensated? How are you compensated? Take me through the, the terms of, of the incubator. So we are not working as a traditional incubator um, I mean, we all know the traditional incubator model where basically uh, the incubator provides a certain amount of, uh, of help and uh, mentoring uh, versus an, a certain amount of equity and put 10, 25, 50K into the company straight away. What we do is a little bit uh, different than the traditional approach. First of all, uh, we're an incubator, but I would say we're more of an accelerator because we uh, do not work with people who just have one idea. We want people to have skin in the game to show that they're willing uh, and 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 able to execute on a strategy. So we work with companies uh, that either already exist. Um, one of our one of our member companies is the uh, is is a French e-liquid manufacturer uh, that is the number one independent European manufacturer. It's the biggest vape company in, in, uh, in Europe. Um, so they want us to help them develop a product uh, and a sales, mostly a sales and branding strategy because the product is already on the market um, to work on the U.S. market. Uh, we have another company who's the, probably one of the number one desktop vaporizer companies in the U.S., who is asking us to help them develop a portable uh, handheld device? Uh, mm-hmm. All of this is 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 uh, works in a sim- simple way. We have a monthly fee of about three thousand five hundred bucks, uh, and and a minimal incubation period of six months. Uh, with that, you do get a uh, an amount of hours from our wider uh, mentor network. Um, we also have a funding platform. And as I said, we're distribution centric. Um, meaning by that, that we have a distribution company that we fully own called Puffmen. Uh, and uh, it's actually not a separate company. It's a DBA. Uh, so all of the devices and that we develop through the incubator are automatically tested on shelves in consumer-facing situations through our distribution company. So technically, as, as a member, 
you start getting sales and getting money coming in from your product before you're even done with the incubation period. Uh, so that's, that's, that is the upside. The downside. So when you commit to letting a company in, you're also committing to at least selling a first round or, or second sell through of their products. Is that sort of exactly. the way the agreement works? Exactly. That's how, that's how we do it. Um, and, it. uh, and, and we have what we call a retailer program that's set up where we have about a hundred shelves uh, in various locations, whether they're vape shops, smoke shops, dispensaries, that we could, that we test the products on. So it's a consignment model, uh, but at the end of each month, we look at which products have sold and uh, send an invoice and get payment for them. Hmm. So it's an iterative Ta- process. We use this retailer network to get feedback from the consumers and to iterate the product. So for yeah. instance, you could awesome. have a device where people love the device, but they say, hey, it's a shame, the packaging sucks. So we bring it back in, redo the packaging, put it back out, test it again. And in other circumstances, we can have a device that people are not too happy of because, for instance, the draw isn't strong enough. So we bring it back in, reiterate, and then put it back out. So you get that immediate feedback loop. You don't have to worry about getting into places and then the time it would take for people to try it and consumer feedback and all that. You you really shorten the the feedback loop there, which is great. So these companies they pay you twenty one thousand dollars, right? Thirty five hundred times six months, uh, and they get a certain amount of purchase orders. Is that number discussed up front or, you know, kind of how do you, how do you come to that number? No, we don't guarantee the, the amount of orders. Um, what we do guarantee is, is hours that we spend, uh, on the product. And, um, we have basically a, a base of 20 hours. So that's 12 expert hours and eight hours of project management per month included with that. And above and beyond all of that, if more hours are needed, there's a 30% uh, discount rate on uh, the regular prices that some of our mentors charge. So we have some of our mentors are in-house, some are external, um, but whether they're in-house or external, uh, you still get those 12 hours uh, of of expert time plus eight hours of project management. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Um, And talk about that analysis. I mean, most incubators, they take some equity and they give the companies some cash. You're going about it a very different way. And I agree, you're much more of an accelerator with with slightly later stage companies than an incubator. But talk about sort of that decision to make the model different. So the the reason we're doing this is we've worked in the past 10 years with a lot of, 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 uh, of new companies and new founders and have encountered a lot of situations where we give proof that a product would work a lot better if it was made a different way and the founding team doesn't want to budge, doesn't want to move. Um, So we've essentially wasted a lot of time helping that company and coming up with a product concepts that we know work through our retailer program and through testing that um, that, that, and, and the company culture uh, within within their management team, for instance, doesn't want to change. So we we this is why we ask for people to have skin in the game uh, by taking this monthly fee, which which is not very very expensive. It's less than an attorney retainer, um, mm. but at least people have skin in the game. Uh, mm. Second, what we do is during those first six months, we also figure out how we can work more long term with that company. 
Um, if we want to work on a revenue share basis for the products that we develop, uh, then we can do that. If we want to do take some equity, then we do that, but at the end of the six months. It's a common understanding uh, and a transparent process throughout those six months um, to see how that company is uh, going to evolve. Yeah. No, love that process. It gives you guys a, a chance to figure each other out and, and see what makes sense and, and the best way to go forward. Um, sounds like it makes a lot of sense and you guys really thought it through. It, it doesn't uh, lock in any of the parties. That's what I'm right. saying. That's the, the, right. main, the main point here. Very um, flexible. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the current class. You're coming towards the end of the first class. Uh, a couple companies in it that have been on the show previously, Vape Exhale and Potbotics. Um, but you also have Puff Men, which is the distribution company. Um, let's just talk about Vape Exhale for, for a second. Uh, Sabo's a good friend of mine. Uh, certainly a little later stage company, has raised some money, has solid revenues. Uh, I mean, I have one on my desk as we speak. I'm a big fan of the product. What what does Sabo and Vape Exhale, um, what have they gained from you guys? You know, wh Why did you guys decide to work together? Um, basically, we have an extensive uh, knowledge and experience working with manufacturers. Uh, so what our, our job uh, and what we're doing with Vape Exhale is making sure that we get from their idea to a finished product in the best possible way. Uh, and that means iterating the product, um, making sure that communication uh, isn't, uh, isn't lost in translation, uh, with the different uh, manufacturers and uh, and basically making sure that the product will be a success uh, by abiding to a certain set of standards with regards to the vaporization process. Mm. Got it. Okay. Um, well, without giving anything away, I have seen what you guys are working on. It's very exciting. My question is, um, how much of the idea or the new idea comes into the incubator and how much is it developed sort of side by side? You know, how much of that creative process uh, do you guys do at Blink? Um, if, if I can take, make a parallel, uh, we've got certain companies that uh, ask us to be the brains and the project management side of things. We have certain companies that are the brains and that just ask us to do the project management. We have some other companies that just want us to come up with the concepts. Um, I mean, in this case, the concept uh, uh, the concept comes from, uh, from, from Vape Exhale itself. And we're just making sure uh, that during the entire production phase and manufacturing save phase and prototyping phase, we're looking at the right the right product and the right aspect. So, for instance, having again been in this industry for ten years, we we know what consumers are looking for in terms of uh, airflow. We know what consumers are looking for in terms of um, technology, vaporization technology. So, basically, we can insert ourselves in any way, shape, or form of the entire value chain of developing a product. Hmm. Uh, that's a great transition. My next line of questioning was really about the red flags you see in the world. There are vapes everywhere. I mean, every time you turn around, there's a new uh, vape company with another 510 thread. Um, what's broken about some of these? I mean, what are some things that you just, just face palm? I can't believe they did that again when it comes to vaping. Um, 
I think the main the main aspect and the main thing that that the cannabis industry needs to understand, and this is sort of the raison d'être of the Blink Group, is to break down that barrier between traditional vaping, which has been working on technology for a very long time, and cannabis uh, vaping, which is which is pretty pretty new and pretty nascent. Uh, we see these manufacturers most of the time uh, from China who are simply recycling technologies that they developed 10 years ago for traditional vaping um, and putting them out on the market again. Uh, so, th- I mean, the, the clearest example is carts that have a cotton wick. The capillarity of a cotton wick just does not match with the density of cannabis oils. Um, the result is bad emissions, is dry burns, is uh, bad absorption of the wick. And uh, all of that really is not healthy for the user. Um, I'm yeah, not you saying get that kind of burn taste, right? That, that's exactly. what that results in. You get yeah. the burn taste, you get the, the, all the aldehydes that you're going to be inhaling, um, and uh, all of these carcinogenic substances. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. This is still way safer than smoking uh, or, or, or even combustion. But... In the end, if we if we have the means of making things uh, a little bit more safer, then let's just do it. And what I see in this industry is that these Chinese companies. I know I got another email this morning. Hey, here's a here's a here here are some cotton wicks. We sell the cart seventy cents. And the thing is, people and 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 extractors and producers and growers in the cannabis industry uh, aren't experts. And they, they just look at this and say, okay, that, that one only costs 70 cents. It looks exactly like the one that costs 150. Why would I pay more? Yep. Uh, well, why would you pay more? You're only talking about a dollar difference, uh, not even 80 cent difference, but that will avoid you a shit ton of problems in the future. Um, so this is, it, it, it's another way of looking at things and it's understanding that the, what you, the device you use really has to have a correlation with what you put inside. What we do, for instance, with with Puffmen is that our sales team has a clear, clear baseline that if the person who you're talking to can't tell you what he's going to put in the device, you are not to sell to him. Even if he wants to buy a million units, you do not sell to him because it's just bad for the industry. Yeah, no, I think that unfortunately happens a lot. There's a new consumer, someone that is unfamiliar with cannabis and and vapes, and they try something and they have a terrible experience because the cart was bad or the oil was bad or whatever, and then they don't come back. And we're really all doing each other a disservice in this industry uh, by doing that. So cool that you are there to sort of offer this support and and expertise along the way. just back to vape technology, a lot, a lot of companies are still using the 510 thread, but now we have the PAX era and there's sort of, there's a couple other, um, you know, sort of cart prototypes or, or new technologies out there. Is the 510 limited? Do we, do we need to move on from that? No, the 510 is not limited. I mean, we've been using it in traditional vaping for 10 years and it's still around with the big tanks and stuff. So it's not limited. It's just that at one point, um, we have to find other solutions, uh, maybe form factors that'll be more appealing to people. Uh, that's why you have uh, now a lot of pod systems 
Um, this is what we're developing with Itsua and their Ultraflow brand is a pod system where basically you can buy your pods anywhere and interchange them. We're also adding a little bit of fashion to it because we have different colors and and like shiny colors or more discreet colors. Um, I think there's going to be a major shift uh, in, in the next two years uh, with this industry moving from pen systems to pod systems just because they look cooler. Um, and, and we have to make sure that that shift happens, but it doesn't happen uh, in a way that we're sacrificing product safety. So yeah. that's, that's really our, our, main, uh, our main focus is educating people. And what we do with Puffman is, uh, is go to shows and literally we don't sell at shows. We just explain to people uh, how to better choose the product. And most of the time, what people do is they go buy a cheaper product and two months later, they call us back and say, oh, um, can we come back to you guys? Because uh, we understand the value proposition that you have and we understand that we better spend 70 cents extra uh, in a cart. Totally. Um, So the pods are really nice, but at least in California, there's a huge premium on the cost of them. Uh, I think in some dispensary situations, uh, it's double for the pod versus the 510. Is there any good reason why they're so much more expensive? Uh, most, mostly it's the craftsmanship that, go, that, 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 that comes inside um, and, and the, way, the way that they work. Uh, the pod systems right now that are on the market, you can actually get pods for $1.50, just the pod itself. Uh, and get good pods for that price. The thing is, right now, there's only one or two companies that are really pushing it. So they basically own the market, um, which is why I say we're going to see the transition happen in the next two or three years. Uh, and and it's really going to get a lot better uh, at that point. So um, it's, it's, it's a little bit too early to go full on on pods. Uh, but once the technologies start getting out there they already exist but once they start getting out there and people start testing them and trying them uh we'll we'll be in a very very good shape and uh, i think pods are going to take over the pen business the pen business is always going to be here for a uh, for uh, for your quick fix don't get me wrong <laughs> yeah um i was totally off the 510 and and onto the pods and then someone gave me a c-cell battery which is still the 510 but seems to be a newer technology maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and i've been loving it it's a it's a lot better than most of the 510s that i've had is there something um different about the c-cells that that they're doing so you, what you need to understand is that c-cell is not the battery c-cell is the coil c-cell is a ceramic coil that has been patented by a company called S'more, uh, a Chinese company. Um, and S'more has two separate companies. They have WePlus, which manufactures all the cannabis product, and they have Vaporesso for all their traditional nicotine vaping products. Yeah. Now, they're the first ones who patented uh, a ceramic coil, uh, but all the ceramic coils are not alike. So they, their coil is, is really top-notch, uh, which is why they are, um, they are considered uh, very, very expensive. 
there are other products that work very well. Um, we, we are, they are very good friends of mine. That's why I can tell you all about them. I've known them for 10 years. And actually, when I was in China, I actually spent uh, two days uh, with them. Um, the, the difference is in their distribution strategies. Uh, and, uh, and, and C-Cell, this is what I tell everyone. If you guys are working with C-Cell, you're working with a great product. There's no reason to change. Um, and, and again, we're, we're in here for the safety and the education. And I know those are great products. So, uh, I'm not going to say you shouldn't buy from them. Uh, but there are other products out there, uh, that, that are also very, very good quality. And I think the main thing when choosing a product is understanding if the person who's selling it to you has done all the testing themselves, there is no such thing as an all-in-one product. Um, products and even carts, we have 10 of them, and all each and every one of them is different depending on what you put inside. Uh, there is no all-in-one. And I'm sorry I'm saying this again, but I really want everyone to understand that. It is very, very important. Uh, which is also the reason why when people do not tell us <coughs> or cannot tell us what they put inside, we refuse to sell. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That transparency is really important. And obviously, that's why people have come to you. Um, talk about, <coughs> excuse me, either the rest of the class or maybe something that's coming up in, in the next potential class. I mean, what are you really excited about coming up in, in vapes or just in the next classes that you have? Well, we spoke a little bit about it. Um, the the Ultraflow products. Uh, we we we're, we're very very excited about this uh, this paradigm shift to pod systems that's going to happen, um, and uh, and I think there are a couple of other of other very very interesting products uh, that that will be coming out very soon. Um, more of the uh, wax products. Um, mm. We're, we're, we've recently uh, worked with uh, the Raya, a dose measuring system from, uh, from, from my friend David Goldstein at Potbotics. Mm -hmm. uh, that is going to be very, very interesting, a uh, very connected device. We've got um, Enovape, for instance, who has a dual tank system. So basically, in the nicotine world, you would have one tank that has 18 milligrams of nicotine, the other one that has zero. And... It learns, the system has AI, and it learns throughout the day how much nicotine you need. So it's not going to give you always 18. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mix both of them to give you the right dosage that you are used to taking in every day. And for instance, there's a little program on that that you can say, hey, I want to wind completely off nicotine in six months. Yeah. And it does everything automatically. And within six months, you're off nicotine. You don't even realize it. Wow. Um, we're developing... They joined our incubator for the for for this reason because we're developing the same kind of concept with THC and CBD, or with THC and terpenes. So you can dose exactly how much you want. Maybe in the morning you want a bigger big, bigger kick, and maybe you want more THC. Um, maybe in the uh, in the evening you want more flavor, so you want more terpenes. Same thing with TB, TBD versus THC. Uh, all of this is managed through an app and through uh, artificial intelligence. Very, very cool. Um, I think the follow-up question I have there is, if they're able to sort of slowly, systematically wean someone off nicotine, is there a situation where 
they don't have a customer anymore? Uh, of course. Uh, that it comes down to this. And then you come down to recreational um, vaping. What I mean, I've, I've been vaping. I got off completely cigarettes thanks to vaping. Um, now, most of the time, I vape zero nicotine just for the, for the taste and the flavor. Oh, I see. Got it. So you could completely remove the nicotine and still have uh, a lot of the appeal, mouthfeel of vaping. Got it. Exactly. And I mean, Got I it. can give you my, my, my personal experience is my body does not take THC. I just fall asleep with any kind of THC. Um, the thing is, I have uh, I, I played uh, semi-pro rugby for 12 years so I'm at, at, at in Paris, so I'm completely broken all over. And um, it really helps me with the pain. So I've been testing this and winding off slowly the THC and taking only CBD, and it works perfectly well. And I don't feel the wooziness I usually feel with THC. Wow. Yeah, no, that's very, very cool. Um, so there's this other class of vapes that are sort of popping up that have different vitamins in them, B12. I think I saw a caffeine vape maybe out there. Can you talk a little bit about the safety and efficacy of vitamin vapes? So with regards to vitamin vapes, in, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit more into the, the biological aspect of things here. Um, yeah. Vitamins are broken down uh, through enzymes that are in your, uh, your intestines and in your stomach. When you inhale vitamins, there are not the same enzymes and not the same efficacy with breaking down the vitamins. So to put, to make this simple, um, don't quote me on the numbers. Um, if you take 100% efficacy of a vitamin, that you swallow, uh, 100%, uh, sorry, of, of vitamin B12, if you swallow it and you ingest it, only maybe 60% of that is going to go in your bloodstream. If you inhale it, you're only going to get 10% of that in your bloodstream. So it's the, it's the way it works. It's called bioavailability. Um, mm -hmm. And the bioavailability of vitamins that are inhaled is 10 times lower than the bioavailability of, availability of vitamins that you ingest. So it's 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 fun. It's a great marketing gimmick. Um, I don't think it's going to last. Got it, because it doesn't work. It, exactly. It just <laughs> it, it's great if you if you have a lot of money to spend on marketing, um, but otherwise it's completely useless. You're still uh, better off taking your Fred Flintstone uh, vitamins. Yeah. Well, I'll pass on that deck. Thanks for your, thanks for your advice. Um, all right. Let's talk about fundraising a little bit. Uh, maybe a little different situation given that the companies pay you. Um, but tell me, uh, you know, wh what are you raising and, and what do you need the money for? So we have, so we have uh, separated into two baskets. First thing is uh, we, we help uh, our member companies raise funds. So that's just a traditional uh, broker relationship. Um, the second aspect is the fundraising that we're doing ourselves uh, with the Blink Group. And, um, and uh, right now we're actually s starting a Series A round and looking for, uh, for four to five million dollars um, after, after having done two friends and family rounds uh, to perfect our distribution system. Because uh, right now uh, we have three uh, poles and three different pillars in our strategy. The first one is the Blink Group. Uh, 
which is the brains. We have the distribution side, which is Puffman, and that is, I would say, the money maker. And our third aspect that we have on our roadmap for the end of the year is the Blink Fund. And that fund, uh, in the end, will avoid us having to play broker-dealers with people trying to invest in our member companies, and we'll be able to invest directly into those companies. So that's how we sort of close the loop around the entire business is that we're able to do funding, we're able to R&D and innovate, and we're able to distribute. So how much of that four to five million would go to the traditional, you know, AUM fund? Um, that would, that would, uh, we would have about 75% of that would go to towards um, day-to-day uh, work uh, and uh, towards the Blink Group and the, um, the, uh, the, the Puffman distribution entity. The 25 that's left would go towards our next funding round, uh, and which, which will most of that next founding round will be dedicated to the fund. So our fund is, is something we're looking at doing. Either we're going to do a side-by-side fund or we're going to work with a VC firm that's already here. Because um, as you know, when you build a fund, you need to have a fund manager, a separate fund manager. We're not looking at completely owning the fund. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. We just feel the need for this in our entire ecosystem if we want things to move forward. Got it. So a partnership could potentially work as well. Yeah. Got it. Um, and then I have a note here about a fifty-five million dollar valuation, raising four to five on a fifty million dollar valuation. Um, can you take me through that valuation just briefly, how you get to that number? Um, basically, it's uh, the valuation is based on, uh, on on three different revenue streams. So the first one is the, uh, and, and the smallest one, is the incubator revenue stream. Uh, the second one is the partnerships and revenue sharing deals um, that we have through our distribution entity called Puffman. Uh, and the third one is just the regular distribution uh, side of things uh, that we're going to be doing with Puffman because our goal is to have 95 salespeople uh, by the end of 2019. So it's really covering uh, all of North America in terms of sales. Uh, and all of those sales are fueled by the innovative products uh, either developed by the Blink Group or developed by the Blink Group member companies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, and talk about exit a little bit. I mean, uh, are these individual companies going to have exits? Do you think there's room for uh, the Blink Group to be absorbed? Going to take me through the, the end of this process, if you would. Well, the, our, our, um, our long-term strategy, uh, if I could say so, is uh, going for an IPO within three to four years. Um, and, uh, and, and there's, there's already a, a pretty big exit strategy. Um, and uh, the second aspect of this is uh, more growth through absorption of maybe the number two or number three distributor uh, of products and and entry into European markets, um, mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of different possibilities here, uh, and I would say there's 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 some there's something for every taste. Yeah, fascinating. Um, so you said you just got back from China. You were in China for a week. Um, 
talk about a little bit what your experience is like there and why they are still so dominant in all hardware, not just vaping, but how has China just like got a stranglehold on the manufacturing world? It's still, still a question for me. It's, I think it's the force by numbers. And um, I, I've been going to China for 10 years, uh, four, five, six times per, per year, uh, and, uh, and, and have these relationships with about 200 of the 600 uh, vape factories in Shenzhen. Um, there are 600 vape factories in just, just in Shenzhen. Yeah. And, uh, and out of those, well, Shenzhen is, is, is a city where you can be driving on a highway for six hours and still be in the same city. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's really huge. And, um, what, what we need to understand is that a lot of putting together these vape devices, uh, needs to be done by hand just given the breadth of the portfolio of all these companies. So again, that's what I call the strength by numbers. Now, out of those 600 factories, there are probably only about 20 that do things correctly. And when I say do things correctly, I mean like using uh, dust-free rooms to put together the tanks, uh, doing product testing in clean rooms, uh, having ISO certifications, and uh, and everything linked to that. So the way that we can also talk to them is through the standards process and GMP. That's how we evaluate them. I've, I'm, I'm the current chairman of ISO standards on vapor products. Uh, so fortunately, I'm able to uh, talk about those kind of standards very, very easily and uh, get things tested as we can. So it really sounds like a minefield for a hardware founder or a, or a vape founder. You said there was only 20 out of 600 that, in your opinion, are doing it the right way above board. Of course, it lends itself to why founders need you and your group, but that's staggering. How are there so many inferior manufacturers out there? Because the way, and again, this is due to the numbers, these factories, uh, 75% of them didn't exist 10 years ago. They're able to, uh, to, to build these factories very, very easily and, uh, and, and recruit people uh, to, to work in them. The thing is, uh, they shift from one industry to another. Uh, all these factories before making vape products were making something else. Uh, a lot of them were making batteries beforehand. Uh, and just switch to vaping because they're using the same suppliers that give them the steel casings or the aluminum casings for the batteries. So they basically, they're just remixing their suppliers and, and pivoting on what they're doing. That is very, very easy to do in China and something that we have a lot, a lot of a harder time to do in Europe or in the U.S. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, so you said a wholesale cart could be anywhere like eighty cents to a dollar fifty, maybe two dollars. Any idea what these manufacturers, what their cost to make one of these vapes is? So basically, manufacturers, if you're if you're looking at a at a, at a good quality cart that's about two bucks, um, a manufacturer is going to make about uh, thirty to forty cents on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the rest goes to, uh, the distributors or, or the, uh, or the, or the suppliers. Um, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's dissect 
a vape pen, for instance. You have the battery and the cart. Now, let's just take uh, the, um, the cart. The cart, you have the mouthpiece. You have the outside, let's say you want a rubbery finish. You have the outside rubbery finish. You have the coil. You have the glass. You have all of these different pieces, and all of these different pieces are different suppliers. So what happens is that when you order from one of these factories, you have to make sure that throughout the entire supply chain uh, and throughout the entire uh, supply chain of the suppliers, you have good quality product. That is one thing that the Chinese uh, aren't very good at. And that's how we come in to help the Chinese manage that. And this is what we do with our partners and, uh, and how we're able to put out um, great working devices and mostly consistency. Uh, I think that's, that's the main issue. Um, as, a, as, as I was saying again with these 70 or 80 cent devices, um, usually you get 15 to 25% failure rates, but you're buying them cheap, so you tend to not care. The thing is, with cannabis, you're putting oil inside, and oil makes up for 75% of the price of your cart. So if you get leakage, you just basically wasted. No, it's important. Wasted you got to get every little drop the there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We are able to guarantee that filling. So if you lose it with one of our products, we compensate you for 50% of your loss, just of your, uh, your, uh, your distillate or your concentrate. Got it. And the reason we're able to do that is because we control the entire supply chain with our suppliers. We actually hire uh, ourselves uh, consultants who go set up processes within our partner manufacturers. Hmm. Wow, fascinating insights there uh, from someone that is in the mix and really leading this vape charge. Uh, I think that's as good a place to wrap up as any. It's been a fascinating conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, <laughs> as you see, um, I can speak. I can go on and on for hours about this. No, it was fascinating. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. Um, how can our audience help you? Um, if you're a company, how should you reach out? If you're um, looking to put some money in, how should you reach out? Are you guys hiring anything? How, how can we be of service to you? Well, we, we're, we're obviously um, hiring uh, right now. Um, we're hiring uh, top C-level positions. We're looking for a COO, a very, very good COO uh, with possible experience in cannabis. Um, we're also uh, interested in talking with anyone who's interested in, in funding what we're doing, um, and uh, and with regards to joining the incubator, um, there's no problem. The our only requirement is that you have uh, skin in the game, and uh, and that there's no conflict with one of our existing member companies. Um, that's the only. Uh, those are the only requirements, uh, and uh, and of course, see if there's a fit with the team. So in, in any of those three cases, the easiest way to contact us is just by sending us a little email. Either you sign up for the newsletter uh, on, uh, on the blinkgroup.com or you contact us through our distribution, uh, puffmen.com. Um, or you can just really uh, reach out to me uh, personally. Um, my email is adr at theblinkgroup.com and blink with a C. 
Um, so I repeat that. It's ADR at theblinkgroup.com. And my phone number is 646-586-2067. I'm going to repeat that. It's 646-586-2067. And that is my personal cell. So really don't hesitate to reach out. I am traveling very often, so uh, if I don't get back to you within 24 hours by voice, you'll at least get an email or a text from me. (laughs) There you go. Real stuff looking for real connections out there. Well, Arnaud, thanks again. It was a fascinating conversation. No problem. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you uh, to the audience for uh, listening to to me blabbering on about vaping. (laughs) I'm sure they were enthralled as I have. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.